welcome back to yet another special edition of the Michael Deacon program. Our guest this evening is none other than the professor, Mr. James Fetzer, a man who needs no introduction here, truly. Find his work over at moonrockbooks.com. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. The time of Armageddon is here indeed, and great to see you in the chat room yet again. I hope you're doing well out there, wherever you may be. Much love and respect to you out there. As always, Mr. Mike Hideous is live and direct with us all. Let's bring everyone in. And now we have contacted both Mike and Mr. James Spetzer. How are both of you doing this evening? Terrific, terrific. Mike, I'm glad to be here. Mike, what's I'm going doing, down? I'm doing well, Mr. Deacon. Good to hear your voice. Good to hear Jim's voice. Other Very than nice. that, I'm, uh, I'm a crippled, but otherwise I'm doing okay. You're crippled and you're here. I'm crippled and here, yes. I love it. And Jim, uh, I'm glad you're here. The last time we spoke, you were on the highway. Oh, I think that's right. I think yes. that's right, Michael. Yeah, I was uh, driving back from a pickup, I think, from uh, Texas Roadhouse, as I recall. What was that like? Did you make it safe there? No um, incidents? Terrific. Terrific. Yeah, the food was excellent. We got uh, some very good restaurants. I mean, Madison has a very large number of very good restaurants, but, of course, all the shutdown has been devastating. I mean, the, the, the Wisconsin State Journal... The lead article on the front page, voluntary business survey, one in three questions surviving worries for shutdown going past three months. It begins more than a third of Wisconsin businesses responding to a new survey say they will be forced to shut down permanently, permanently. If the state's economic shutdown implemented to slow the spread of the COVID-19 coronavirus persists for more than three months, Actually, we had a previous report from Investment Watch blog observing that of the of the ninety percent of the six million companies in the U.S. which have fewer than twenty employees. In other words, there are six million companies, ninety percent. That's going to be like you know over five million companies have fewer than twenty employees. At seventy-five percent of those, according to Investment Watch blog can't last a month with zero revenues. So here we have these companies talking about not being able to last over three months. I've been very, very concerned because the AE Solutions model, which is so sophisticated that it predicted the collapse of the Soviet Union 18 months before it occurred, has predicted that if we're not back to work by the 1st of May, which is like one week hence, that we're going to begin a precipitous, actually ominous, 13-year slide into a form of, uh, you know, not just a depression, but something monstrous that would make 1929 look like a tea party by comparison. So I've been very, very concerned about getting the country back to work now. Sure. Everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. But I did an interview earlier today with the Gizi News, and because Trump 
was quoted uh, as having said that he was completely in disagreement with the governor of Georgia, who's been eager to open the state, when I felt he ought to be, you know, cheerleading and urging him on tonight uh, or this evening, when he gave his briefing, he explained, he spelled it out exactly, namely that he was upset because some of the businesses that were being allowed to open, which included a hair salon and a tattoo parlor and a spa, that he was just upset because those were not in conformity with the guidelines that the, he'd, he'd recommended or the federal government had recommended in three stages, beginning with maintaining social distancing. Obviously, at spas and hair salons and tattoo parlors, you're not maintaining social distancing. It turns out the whole social distancing thing is a bit of an illusion because uh, an Israeli study has shown it makes no difference to the progression of the virus. That it has a, a peaks in 40 days and is extinguished basically in 70, whether you lock down or not. And in fact, states right here in the U.S., that haven't locked down, and Sweden, notably among Scandinavian countries, which did not lock down, are actually doing far better than the states that have. Tucker had a really good show here, it was uh, still playing when I came on with you, Michael, where he was talking about the huge economic cost to the various states for saving a relatively small number of lives. He was One comparison he was giving was Maine, where the woman governor there shut down the state, and it's having devastating economic consequences for, I think he reported 50 deaths in Maine, which are equivalent to those that die from hitting moose in Maine over the last several years. So, you know, I think he's got it exactly right. And among the collateral damages that haven't been factored in yet is the following. This is out of... Uh, King's College London, where I gave a lecture once years and years ago, Professor Warren's cancer deaths due to COVID disruption of treatment will be greater than deaths from coronavirus. In other words, the people who are having to discontinue their treatment of their cancer because they are vacating the hospitals to treat coronavirus patients are going to be greater in number than those who die from the coronavirus. And I think that's true generally. I mean, uh, Worldometers, which keeps these constant upgoing numbers for the first quarter of this year, show that the number of coronavirus deaths was on the order of 40,000. The number of seasonal flu deaths was on the order of 120,000. So we had three times the number of seasonal flu deaths as we had coronavirus deaths. And the number who were dying from suicides was more than double that. And in fact, I have been emphasizing that in my judgment, you're going to have so much despair and despondency from closing all these small businesses, which David Icke, by the way, has suggested was part and parcel of the plan to wipe out the middle class in America, to let essentially create a two-tier society where you have the rich and powerful and the rest of us are all toiling as slaves and serfs in the field that uh, there's going to be more more suicides from failure to be able to put food on the table or keep a roof over the home from the collapse of all these small businesses because of this economic lockdown than there will be from the COVID, uh, uh, you know, induced deaths as well, where it turns out, by the way, that we're finding from a study in Santa Clara County in California 
the percentage who actually have the COVID virus is between 50 and 80 times larger than heretofore supposed, which means that the percentage of those who are dying is 50 to 80 times smaller than we've been conjecturing. I think it's actually going to turn out to be a relatively minuscule number that die from COVID deaths where we have been grossly misled by charlatans like this Anthony Fushi guy and by Bill Gates, of course. We got audio of Bill Gates, by the way. It turns out that Fushi is going to make a fabulous amount of money off of this if the the, the, the vaccination program that, 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 that Gates is championing goes forward, that, that uh, Fauci's organization is going to get, you know, hundreds of millions, possibly even billions. This whole thing is an elaborate scam, and it's so outrageous, Michael, something has to be done. Those who are responsible for inflicting this misery on the United States, I mean, it's a real attempt to destroy the nation economically have to be tracked down and punished. I mean, I just say they cannot be allowed to get away with this. We've never they, seen anything like Beyond this. punishment, they should be killed. Yeah, well, see, yeah, right. They, give, the, give the guilty bastards a fair trial and take them out and hang them or shoot Please. them. Please. I mean, what's been caused to this country, to not only the country, the entire world is beyond human uh, action. Right. It's, it's, it's appalling. Mike, I agree with you. You're right on. We're, we're exactly in sync on this thing. I mean, it's, it's monstrous. It is. It's and, terrible. It's, it's I, was telling, I was telling Michael the other day, this, whoever, whoever thought of, of this brilliant idea to create such, such a, a virus that we cannot control, these people are sick. I, I mean, I could deal with the nuclear bomb quicker than I can deal with this. Well, get this. It turns out that uh, Veterans Today uh, published uh, articles, actually documentary studies, showing that the virus was developed at the University of North Carolina after the Fort Detrick in Maryland, which had been our viral lab, was shut down. They transported staff and faculty and so forth to major universities to, as it were, hide in plain sight. And that when uh, it was discontinued at North Carolina, Fushi gave the Wuhan lab $3.7 million to continue the research program there. So this Fushi has been right in the center. But back in 2017, the same year he gave this huge grant to the Wuhan lab, he was announcing that a, at a, at a pandemic preparedness meeting in Washington. When Trump, was this? When this was this? This is Fushi. Yeah, that, but when? When, this when, was, when, uh, when? 2015, by the way. Or 2017. 2017. Okay, okay. 2017, Mike. Okay. That, that Trump would not only have to deal with, you know, the annual flu and HIV AIDS, but that there'd be a surprise pandemic that he'd have to cope with. Well, how can it be a surprise if Fushi knows about it in 2017? That's what he said. And if That's Fushi true. is a guy who's supposed to be in charge of our coronavirus preparedness. Why wasn't he preparing us for it? It's because he's a rat. This guy is the greatest traitor in the history of the United States. This guy is scum, complete scum. It's outrageous. I agree. You know? And by the way, Jim, I do have audio of Bill Gates, who wants to vaccinate everyone. Let's roll audio of that really quickly here, uh, Jim. I'm not sure if you heard this yet, Jim, have you? 
Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Eventually, what we'll have to have is certificates of who's a recovered person, who's a vaccinated person, because you don't want people moving around the world where you'll have some countries that won't have it under control, sadly. You don't want to completely block off the ability for those, you know, people to go there and come back and move around. People to go there and come back and move around. So eventually there will be sort of this digital uh, immunity proof uh, that, you know, will help facilitate the global reopening. Well, who, who, who is this guy to making these pronouncements? He's not a politician. He's not elect, elected. He's not a doctor. He's not a, a scholar. He, he's not a virologist. He's not an epidemiologist. He's, he's a GD businessman who monopolized an operating system and made a lot of money by dealing harshly with other companies, putting them out of business to benefit Microsoft and enhance his own financial fortune. And he, for him, vaccines are a business. He makes big money Lots on vaccinations. In fact, his wife, Melinda, kind of un- unwittingly wound up, you know, making that admission that for them, vaccines are a business. Think of it this way. He wants everyone to be mandatorily vaccinated for, say, 35 to 50 bucks a pop times, say, 350 million I mean, he's going to, he wants to garner billions, billions from this project. Meanwhile, he's been going around the world promoting, for example, a, a polio vaccine in India, which was actually free of vaccines, but as Bobby Kennedy Jr. has explained, wound up uh, killing, you know, uh, get paralyzing uh, hundreds. Uh, maybe it was 500,000 girls there in India. I mean, it's just staggering the damage he's doing around the world. In Africa, he's he's inoculating young girls with this uh, anti-sexually transmitted disease that they'd only possibly even get if they had unprotected sex with hordes of strange men. You know, he's making vast money selling a vaccine for which there's no discernible need and in addition, there's all kinds of junk in his vaccines. I had uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny on my show Wednesday, uh, yesterday, last night, and she was going through some of the contents of these vaccines, which are absolutely horrendous just to hear the enumeration thereof, including fetal stem cell tissue, but a whole lot of other very bad stuff. And, of course, we know well that uh, these vaccines, these vaccines with mercury and uh, uh, aluminum base have induced autism, autism on a massive scale where it's predicted by 2050, half of our children are going to be autistic. And it's stunning that I just got a, a report. This was a fan mail for a daily update I'm doing with a fellow named Dean Ryan in L.A. and uh, Mike Barra in Seattle. We're doing a daily update. Michael, we've done this every single day for three weeks now. That's right, yes. Yeah, Yeah. that we got a fan mail letter from the mother of an autistic child who said that they had an earlier development of of a drug that actually was curing autism so the children would speak normally and Foshi killed the drug and made it no longer available. I mean, the the horrors associated with this man are beyond belief. I agree. And right now I have a photograph of Melinda Gates in the chat room. And, you know, the more I look at her, Jim, I I wonder to myself, is that really a man? 
I know. I know. She's like uh, Michelle Obama. <laughs> and, and, of course, we know Michelle Obama was born Michael Laverne Robinson, played football for Ohio State before she transferred, before he transferred to Princeton and adopted a female persona, where Michelle's physician during a campaign walked into her in a trailer in Trenton taking a leak standing up. Oh, my. And felt he had an obligation to inform the public that Michelle Obama is not a man who had a sex change, but is a man with breast implants and a huge shaving bill. <laughs> I, I believe it. I mean, he does look pretty manly and, and not to discourage, to discourage and sort of look down upon these individuals who choose to do this with their own lives. I'm not against these these folks at all, but it, it does make me question everything even further, Jim. I'm sure you're the same way. Well, I'm just for honesty and advertising. Well, that's right. If the American people want to vote for a candidate who's a man with breast implants and a huge shaving bill, so be it. But they have to come forth with it. And believe me, before I began talking about this, I did a rather substantial amount of research on it. We got all kinds of photographs, including of Bill Gates with Barack and uh, Michael before he got his boob job. And he's just as flat-chested as any other man you'd know, just as much as Barack. And since two men cannot have children, it's been notable that a diligent student discovered the parents. And would you believe the older girl looks just like her father, the younger, just like her mother, neither of whom is uh, named uh, Barack or Michelle Obama? I'm so confused right now. <laughs> I think they are too, Mike. Uh-huh. Look at the position they're in. He, her, he, her, whatever, that. But yes, um, again, I'm, I'm looking now at, at a, a gif of Michelle Obama She's like dancing around. That that looks like a man to me. I'm not quite sure what's going on here, Jim. Well, excuse me. No doubt about it. Michelle, Michelle have, has a package that most women do not have, Michael. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Again, we, we are not <laughs> shaming these individuals at all and what they want to do no. with their own lives. Not just at all. Michelle Obama. We're just shaming Michelle Obama. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> well, just a bit. This is particularly telling because I think there's going to be a move afoot to promote her at the Democratic convention. You know, I mean, Joe Biden is brain damaged. Nobody wants to talk about it. Trump, during his uh, briefing, was being asked questions. He was talking about how Biden doesn't even want to do any debates because of the coronavirus. Well, he doesn't want to do any debates because he's cognitively incompetent. He can't he can't talk for five minutes without stumbling all over himself, losing his concentration, wandering away from the podium, even while he's still focused on his cell phone because he's trying to read the text he's supposed to be delivering. The man is totally incompetent that a party would put him up for a presidential nominee is completely disgraceful and utterly irresponsible. Very so, of sad. course, he doesn't want to debate. I mean, Trump would just run him over. He would. It would be like a steamroller operation. It would be a murder. By the way, <laughs> I, I, do have to, I do have to bring this up really quickly. You know, Joe Biden did suffer some sort of aneurysm back in 1988. Two of them. Right. Oh, right. sure. Yeah, yeah. So he's already yeah. cognitively... It appears to have caused frontal lobe uh, damage. Right. Yeah, frontal lobe damage that is, you know. And, and it also affects his impulse control. You heard the latest story, of course, where a staffer 
has revealed how 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 Biden just came up to her, slammed her up against the wall, and worked his hand inside her panties <laughs> and, and stuck his fingers into her vagina, oh my which God. he did not welcome into her scrotum. <laughs> well, she, this was a real woman. See, this was a real woman. But I mean, there it is. You know how bad is that? Yeah, we played oh, that oh, audio so this here. Was, wait, I'm sorry. I thought it was Michelle. <laughs> oh God, I'm no! So confused right now. <laughs> That's okay, I know, Mike. It's, it's so hard to keep tr- keep track. It's, it's so insane. <laughs> it's really insane, and we do, have, Mike. We, we, we oh my, we we have I'm played. Sorry. It's okay. We have played uh, the Joe Biden accuser audio, and Jim, I think you heard that, right? Uh well, I read the story. I'd be glad for you to play it. Please do play it. I think I have heard it, but it's good to play. Okay, let's People play. need to understand this guy's. He's he's a pervert. Uh, he can't keep his hands off uh, children, little girls. There are lots of stories about it. The one, the classic for me, is when uh, Christopher Coons was sworn in as a senator from Delaware by Joe Biden in the Oval Office, and he had his daughter with him. And after the ceremony, Biden leaned over to her, and he said, do you have any idea how horny it makes me to be standing next to a 14-year-old girl? which was picked up by the mic. We got it on video, and it was published fairly widely at the time. Though if you go back and search, you'll find they have have bleeped the audio track. But they're writing about what he said, and I heard him say it myself. My God. Well, let's play that um, accuser audio right now. Called me in and said, I want you to take this to Joe. He wants it. He wants you to bring it. Hurry. And I said, okay, and it was a gym bag. She said, you know, take the gym bag. She called it athletic bag. And, you know, she said he was down towards the Capitol and he'll meet you. And so I went down and I was heading down towards there. And he was at first talking to someone. I could see him at a different distance and then they went away. And then um, we were in like the side. It it was like the side area. And um, he just said, hey, come here, Tara. And then I, I handed him the thing and he greeted me. He remembered my name. And then it we were alone and it was the strangest thing. There was no like exchange really. He just had me up against the wall and um, I was wearing like a skirt and, you know, business skirt, but I wasn't wearing stockings. It was kind of a hot day that day. And I was wearing heels and I remember my legs had been hurting from the marble, you know, of the capital, mm-hmm. like walk. And I, so I remember that kind of stuff. I remember like I was wearing a blouse and he just had me up against the wall and the wall was cold. And I remember he, it happened all at once. The gym bag, I don't know where it went. I handed it to him, it was gone. And then his hands were on me and underneath my clothes. And, um, yeah. And then he went, oh, he went down my skirt, but then up inside it. And he, uh, penetrated me with his fingers, whatever. And, um, I, uh, he was kissing me at the same time and he was saying something to me. He said several things and I can't remember everything he said. I remember a couple of things. I remember him saying first, before, like as he was doing it, do you want to go somewhere else? And then him saying to me when I pulled away, he um, got finished doing what he was doing and I kind of was pulled back and he said, he said, come on, man, I heard you liked me. Mm-hmm. And it's that phrase stayed with me because I kept thinking, what I might have said, and I can't remember exactly if he said I thought or if I heard, but it, it, it's like he implied like that I had done this, like I don't know. And for me, it was like every everything shattered in that moment because I knew like 
we were alone. It was over, right? He wasn't trying to do anything more, but it's, I looked up to him. He was like my father's age. He was this champion of women's rights in my eyes. And I couldn't believe it was happening. It didn't see, it seems surreal. And I, I just, I knew, I, I just felt sick because he, when he pulled back, he looked annoyed and he said um, something else to me that I, I don't want to say. And then he said, he, I must've looked shocked and he grabbed me by the shoulders. I don't know how I looked, but I must've looked something because he grabbed me by the shoulders and he said, you're okay. You're fine. You're okay. You're fine. And then he walked away and he went on with his day. And what I remember next is being in the Russell building, like where the big windows are and the stairs by myself and my body, I was shaking everywhere because, and it was cold all of a sudden. And I was, I don't know. I felt like I was shaking just everywhere. And I was trying to grasp what had just happened and what I should do or what I should say. But I knew it was bad because he was so angry. Like when he left, like I could feel, you know how when you know someone's angry, they don't necessarily say anything. Like he smiles when he's angry and you can just feel it emanating from him. Like, Do you want to share that thing that you said you don't, like you said, like, I, I don't want to say what he said, that thing he said to you. Um, yeah, I can, I guess I could. I mean, you, you don't have to. It's okay. It's just, um, it's almost like giving a weapon to them. How so? Well, it's like, I don't want them to know how much it hurt. I don't, mm. you know, I don't want him to know when they, I don't know. But that, yeah, like that I, you remembered it? Yeah. Just, just the, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I can say it. Um, yeah, there's something he said that I didn't want to say, and I didn't want to say it because it's the thing that stays in my head mm. over and over. Like, like, and, um, it's a thing that <clears throat> kind of stayed with me over the years, but he said, um, when he had me against the wall after he had done, after I pulled away and he had said, Hey, you know, come on, I heard you liked me. And I, um, knew he was angry right after he took his finger. He just like pointed at me and he said, you're nothing to me. And then oh, he, he just God. looked at me and he goes, you're nothing. Oh nothing. God. My goodness. I must have reacted. And I think he only said it twice. I said, but I, but I just heard the word nothing. Mm -hmm. And, and I must have reacted because that's when he took me by the shoulders and he said, you know, you're okay. You're fine. You're okay. But then afterwards, like it kept replaying in my head. I'm like last April when all that stuff came out, <clears throat> I got really, really sad about it. And the thing that I remember most, almost more than the assault itself was just being told I was nothing. And he was right. That's how people treated me. Mm. That's how people treated me. And I have no platform. I am no one. And to him, I'm nothing. My yeah. goodness. I'm not sure why, Jim, but I believe her. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's totally credible, Michael. Totally credible. She's 100% credible. I mean, that, that's real. Now, you contrast her with the witnesses against Brett Kavanaugh, who are totally fake. I mean, all of them are phonies and frauds, but this woman is real. Anita Hill was real, too, but, of course, they obliterated her, and her abuse by Clarence Thomas was so modest compared to what this young woman went through at the hands, at the hands of Joe Biden. Creepy Joe. Biden's a disgusting human being. I mean, the Democrats had to know this. They had to know Biden is cognitively impaired. I mean, after all, they're dealing with him. He's not even willing to get up on a debate stage because Donald Trump would rip him limb from limb intellectually. He's a cretin. He's a nitwit. He's a lost cause. 
So, you know, they're trying to fake it. I just don't think they can get away with it. I mean, I felt that they were going to make an effort at the convention to replace him, probably with Andrew Cuomo, who has been getting all this time, you know. Yeah, he claims he's not, though. Andrea Mitchell was complaining about Trump's coverage from the coronavirus briefings as though the president of the United States didn't have an urgent responsibility to inform the public public about a, a risk to their welfare and the future of the nation, she said, because they make him look competent. And I mean, can you believe that? Andrea Mitchell was upset that Trump was getting coverage on the coronavirus from his briefings because it made him look competent. Good God, that's what we want. But you see, the Democrats are pretending he's not. And in fact, the guy's very competent. And if they were actually cooperating with him instead of trying to sabotage him, which they've been doing since he actually was even subject to inauguration, my God, this country would be, you know, just miles ahead, but they're not. They're even fighting, you know, resistance of giving help to small businesses, which is indispensable to recovery, until they can load it with a whole bunch of, you know, left-wing progressive special projects that they can't get passed by the Congress. I mean, See, now that that's something I can't understand. I heard that too when I heard what Pelosi put into that. Um, what do you call it? It's not a bill. What is it? A stimulus? What is it? What's it called? What are they trying to do, uh, Jim? They're, they're, with that thing you just mentioned about them putting all these other activities uh, into this bill. Well, for whatever it's called. Well, they're doing a lot for the Green New Deal. They want to promote, right. they want to promote voting by mail, which is right. A so my question is action. how how were they able to add the all these other things into this one package that's supposed to be for the people uh, in this crisis? I, I was stunned. I was shocked. But it's the way you know legislation occurs they can add amendments and all that when you have someone as powerful as the speaker of the house and as corrupt let me add i mean this nancy pelosi is completely disgusting by the way there's reason to believe that trump actually is in the process of cleaning up a lot of child trafficking and pedophilia operations going on there seems to be a literal War, I mean, real combat in a huge tunnel system beneath Los Angeles. Uh, Dean Ryan's been reporting about it, and uh, it looks like it's really, really extensive that these tunnels are so large that that uh, the federal government brought in tanks and that they're having, you know, a violent war against MS-13, which is not only big in drug dealing but in child trafficking, and, you know, it, it even turns out that, that uh, the portable tent that was set up in, in Central Park actually wasn't to deal with coronavirus patients, but rather children who were being rescued from tunnels in New York City that had been sexually abused. Many of them were deformed. They were suffering from malnutrition and all that, which gives me hope because as long as that's taking place, and I think Trump is serious about draining the swamp and when i got straight on exactly why he was hesitant about the governor of georgia moving forward because of the types of businesses that he was allowing to open tattoo parlors beauty salons and the saunas then i understood because it seemed to me he ought to have been promoting all the states who want to get back to work, because that's our most urgent obligation. We must, of necessity, get back to work. By the way, just to tag on to the underground tunnels, many, many moons ago, 
Jim, it must have been at least 15 years ago, perhaps. I actually went to a party out in Los Angeles in an underground tunnel. So, yeah, um, they do exist. That's very no true. Kidding. Yeah, it was well, a bit of a rave. Go ahead. They apparently, Michael, th- these tunnels are so large you can run tanks in them. Yeah, they're, they big. Put, they're putting tanks into these tunnels. I mean, they must be enormous. Oh, there's many tunnels. And by the way, just to finish up with Joe Biden here before I remove his wonderful photograph I have in the chat room right now on YouTube here, I, I just, I was just laughing to myself with the mute on. Just thinking about Joe Biden debating Donald Trump. How hilarious would that be? Well, it would be a catastrophe. It would be be amusing. It would be a comedy. I'd love that. He can't even (laughs) beat off of a teleprompter. Yeah, that's why. He'd be doomed up there. Holy shit. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. I do kind of feel bad for him. It is like elder abuse watching him on TV and (laughs) getting poked at and... Fumbling his words. It's, it's sad. I don't know why they let, they let him do that. It's true. Yeah. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, he should be able to recognize, even his family should be able to recognize the poor man is having problems. Look, I don't agree with his policies or anything like that, but at the same time, I don't, I'm not a heartless prick either. I'm not either. Yeah. It's just, it's terrible, but you are, but I am. Well, that's true. I am a little bit horrible inside. (laughs) I I call myself the salt of the earth. Well, but look, 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 look. In 32 years of presidential politics and through three presidential campaigns, Joe Biden never won a single primary or a single caucus until South Carolina. And we know what happened there because Dr. Robert Epstein explained it to Congress last July. Well, everyone listening has got to check it out. You can find it on YouTube. Dr. Robert Epstein, he was the editor of Psychology Today. He has vast experience in the behavioral sciences. He was explaining how Google was using information about each of us that they acquire through all kinds of sources like Facebook. So they know all our political inclinations. They know our race, our sex, our age, our, our income, and everything else. So they can send, for example, voting reminders to selected target audiences. And in South, and and Epstein explained how in the 2016 election that Google turned out between 2.6 and 10.4 million additional votes for Hillary Clinton, that they were caught asleep because they didn't think Trump had a chance, that in 2018, where I was based upon the then current public polling data, predicting that the Republicans were not only to keep the House, but pick up three or four seats in the Senate, they they were responsible for turning the House over to the Democrats and limiting a couple of those Senate seats and that they're gonna go all out in 2020, where he estimates they could produce as many as 15 million additional votes for the Democratic candidate. now. What happened in South Carolina is that they went to support Joe Biden, and I'm sure they sent reminders to black voters there, you got to turn out to support Barack Obama's vice president, Joe Biden, so that he went from a five-point leap. Look, in, in, in Iowa, he finished fourth. In New Hampshire, he finished fifth. In Nevada, he finished second. But in South Carolina, he went from a five-point lead the week before to a 30-point victory. That does not happen in American politics. You know, the electorate is like the Titanic. It's huge and massive, and it takes time 
to, to move unless there's some stunning development like this this coronavirus thing. But but once they had begun committing to Biden with this massive turnout, unlike anything he'd ever experienced before, they had to continue on Super Tuesday in the following week, or it would have been a little too conspicuous as something damn peculiar had happened in South Carolina. That's what's going on here. Go ahead, Mike. Or did we lose Mike already? Oh, we might have lost him. I thought I think we might have lost him. We had Mike about to um, ask you something here, and now he's gone. But he's been having computer troubles for whatever reason. But yes, this well, coronavirus. Well, um, hopefully, he'll return. Yeah, I, yeah, he will. He he'll jump back in here. But Jim, I was just going to quickly ask you. You know, and I brought this up before, and I don't mean to get too personal like I always do here, but Jim, you, you know I want to bring in your wife one day with oh, you she here. Wouldn't, she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't. It would be amazing if both of you no, were here. No, Because no. <laughs> you guys are both on. It would on... be amazing. No, <laughs> she wouldn't do it. No, Michael, take my word for it. No, 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 no. Jan would not be up for that. I just guarantee. I mean, it's not that she... Uh, isn't willing to tell me off, you know, <laughs> uh, share with the other members of the family right, that right. she she thinks, uh, you know, I have lost my way politically, but she would not be up for that, Michael. So, you know, that that's just one you can take off the table. Believe me, there's a chance she'd be eager to do it. It would be all right with me, but there isn't. There, there's not a she, – she, she's really not a public political figure. Understood. And Mike, are you back yet? Oh, we lost him. We've lost Mr. Mike Hideous. Well, that's too bad. He's an enjoyable guy, and we're having fun. You know, I see a report that he left, so maybe maybe he'll come back. I don't know. Yeah, it I happens. hope he'll come back. But I'm telling you, uh, Michael, this whole thing with, uh, you know, the, he's back. There he's he back. Is. Mike, Mike, have you got that question you wanted to ask me that was on the tip of your tongue? Can you guys hear me okay? We hear you loud and yeah. clear. Okay. Go ahead, brother. So here's my thing, and sorry, everybody. Uh, I'm As usual, I'm dealing with uh, an issue electronically. Uh, here's my thing about the Democratic Party and Joe Biden being the candidate running for the Democrat Party. All I've been hearing, even from that, 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 that crypt keeper, that slag Nancy <laughs> Pelosi, uh, is – Old white men, all as if old white men are ju just the most terrible thing in the whole world, and yet that's their running candidate, just like Bernie Sanders was, and just like uh, uh, Biden is. So it cracks me up. They they push this narrative about how how racist and bad and and uh, homophobic and Islamophobic the old white man is, yet. At the same time, they're pushing a candidate who is an old white man. Well, but but it's worse. It's worse than that because they they promote. Oh, I get it. Yeah. They promote women's rights. They promote the Me Too movement, and here got Biden, who's 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 uh, uh, appears to be a pedophile and who grossly abused this woman, and they're not talking about it at all. Of course not. not. They're burying it. Of course they are, because that's what they do. Hippocratic. They're, they're, they're hippocratical. Uh, wait, what am I trying to say? They're hypocrites. That's yep. it. Yes, Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, exactly. It, it, it's pathetic how much they stand up for these, these 
issues of rights and yet their candidates and their politicians do the exact same thing that they're accusing the 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 right for yeah it's very embarrassing in my opinion that they've got this guy as their nominee i mean it's ridiculous and look think about the set of circumstances we're in they had a candidate who would be perfect for the coronavirus pandemic, Bernie Sanders. Oh my! I mean, his Medicare for All program would get wild reception today because everyone's worried about their health plans, how they're going to pay, how they're going to cover their rent, how they're going to keep a roof over their head. Bernie would be the candidate for the moment, but of course they scuttled his campaign again as they scuttled his campaign in 2016. Thank where goodness for that. transferred 13 primaries that Bernie had won to Hillary's column to guarantee that she would be the nominee. Uh, and thank goodness for that, because Sanders is he's a fantasy man. He had no he had no plan. All he did is talk about how he was going to how he's going to give, 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 give. And nobody's going to pay anything. And yet he had no plan. And when somebody did the figures, it was something like. Oh, I don't know, $19 trillion that they, they were talking about or $32 trillion. I don't remember. Just an astronomical number. I mean, if you just think about how many zeros are in the number trillion, it's ridiculous. These, these people make me sick sometimes. Yeah. 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 That's no, the reality I, that we live in. And Jim, I must say, and I've been asking this question to everyone, is America ready for a woman to be president? Or should the question be, is a woman capable of being a president? Well, look, I'll tell you a story. I think the reason things went haywire in Iowa is because the the senators who were candidates, and that was like four of the leaders, had to be in Washington for the fake impeachment hearing. And Tulsi Gabbard got to be known in Iowa. I have the impression that Tulsi won the Iowa primary and they had to bury it. And that's why there was this incredible, elaborate, they couldn't get the count right. I mean, it's ridiculous. Think about it. How could they possibly not get the vote right in Iowa, which is historically the first primary or caucus, first caucus in the country? It has a great experience with it. I think Tulsi actually won. And there is a woman that I could support for president of the United States. She is very competent. She's highly intelligent. She has a great deal of experience. She's been in the military. She was actually in a medic unit. She has had the the balls, more balls than American politicians <laughs> have shown, to visit with right. the president of Syria, Bashir al-Assad, who most Americans don't realize is not a dictator but was democratically elected so that we can't be in Syria to bring democracy to the Syrians because they already have democracy. I think Tulsi would make a terrific candidate, and she would be a real tough opponent for Donald Trump. But the Democrats are so wedded to their narrow ideology that they've excluded her because she's not uh, enthusiastic about the wars in the Middle East but wants to end them, which was exactly what got Donald Trump elected over Hillary Clinton. So they're committing political suicide all over again. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I got to agree with Jim on this. If if the woman, if a, a woman stands up for, for uh, uh, things that she wants to do within her presidency and they're, they're, they're decent American things, I'd vote for her. I got no problem. I really don't. I have no problem, uh, you know, voting for a woman. I'm with you on um, that board, Mike, but, you know, she's not yeah. going to get 
many other women to jump on that bandwagon unless she was Kim Kardashian, then that would be a different story. Well, yeah, uh, be that be that as it may, be that as it may, it's still it, 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 again, that's if the, the sad right part, woman though. comes up with the right ideas, right. I, I'm all for it. I'm with anybody, you on that one. Yeah, I'm with I, you on board. I have no prejudice against anybody who's going to run. Sure, sure. But that's the sad reality, though, uh, Mike and Jim. If Kim Kardashian was going to run as a Democrat, she would get the vote right away. You think? I think so, man. I think this um I think most of Americans out there are easily uh swayed. The the majority see, of the masses. They get see, I, I I can't follow you that on that, Michael, because uh per, well, number one, I, I can't stand Kim Kardashian. I think she's a moron. Well other uh, other women though, man. I mean you're a minority compared to to the masses. Agreed, agreed. I'm a I'm a dirty old white guy. <laughs> you know, what do I know? You're excluded already. I can't listen to you. I I don't think Kim Kardashian (laughs) could go anywhere politically, personally, Michael. I don't either. I don't either. She's just a a celebrity, right? I mean, the whole Kardashian family, right? They're this uh, big ass. Real time. (laughs) Big ass. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, look, Hillary lost because she's an unappealing person. She's a despicable person. She's a nasty woman. She's corrupt to the max. And she wanted to continue those wars. And we I, we discussed before studies by Boston University and the University of Minnesota revealed that Trump won because voters in rural counties in Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin, which had suffered lots of casualties from the wars in the Middle East, voted for him in the belief that he was the less likely of the two to continue them, about which they were most certainly correct, or even Michael Moore who's as zealous a Democrat supporter and cheerleader as there is on the face of planet Earth, was predicting that Hillary might lose because she was neglecting those states. I mean, she ran a terrible campaign. And that's why they tried to cover it up by talking about Russia hacking, when we know it was Seth Rich, their own IT guy, who downloaded files because he was a Bernie campaign supporter, a Bernie supporter, and he didn't like how they sabotaged Bernie's campaign in that uh, she wanted to conceal her own entanglements with Russia, where she is Secretary of State, and with the approval of Barack Obama, sold off 20% of U.S. uranium reserves to Russia for a $145 million donation to the Clinton Foundation. And as I never tire of pointing out, if Julius and Ethel Rosenberg got the electric chair for sharing atomic secrets with the then Soviet Union. What do Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama deserve for selling off 20% of U.S. uranium reserves to Russia? That's a real issue here. Hang them high. Yeah, I'd like to know what's on those emails. It's too bad we won't know. I'd have to suspect suspect there's a lot of them. There's been a big email dump. WikiLeaks has just dumped a huge amount of emails. A recent one. Oh, yeah, brand new, just in two days, last two days. Wow, I got to check that out. Yeah, uh, check Emails that. from who? Uh, who? Hillary? Uh, I think they dumped practically everything they had. They had a huge, vast supply. I mean, I haven't gone into it in detail, but I got the report. I mean, you know, it's, it, it looks like it's a big a deal, so let's see what happens when they sort it out. You know, oh, We got the, some the, digging the, to do, indeed. And by the way, on a side note here, lots of talk about Kim Jong-un. What's your opinion on this individual here, Little Kim? 
Well, Trump was calling out CNN as fake news because they were reporting that Kim was on the verge of death, and I'm very confident that Trump does that. He's done it before. He calls out these fake news when they print stories he knows to be false. So I'm certain he's been in contact with Kim, knows his state of health, and therefore called out CNN, which, by the way, this is fascinating, is furloughing most of their staff and telling them not to come back before September. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, they've been going downhill, you know. I mean, the the fake, this is one of the great contributions of Donald Trump calling out the fake news media because that's what they are. They are a propaganda outlet. The CIA began in, in infiltrating in Operation Mockingbird back in the 1950s so that by 1975, William Colby, then the director, who had certain virtues, by the way, testified truthfully to Congress that the agency owned everyone of any significance in the media, which was followed by Carl Bernstein's article in Rolling Stone, the CIA and the media in 1977, where he quoted high officials of the agency boasting their greatest successes had been with Time Life, the New York Times, and and, uh, CBS. And in that era, if you controlled Time Life, the New York Times, and CBS, you pretty much had a lock on the dissemination of news in the United States. It's become much worse because the CIA has worked in such close collaboration with the most sod that now the media is really infiltrated with dual U.S.-Israeli citizens. I have a mosaic of a 100 executives from CNN, every one of whom is a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen, another 100 from NBC every one of whom is a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen, another hundred from the New York Times, all of whom are dual U.S.-Israeli citizens. I mean, the Israelis are running our news media. I've got to tell you, I think Israel's got a major role in this effort to take down the United States. I just wanted to quickly mention that I did watch the coronavirus briefing uh, today with Trump, and he did go after CNN for a moment there. Wasn't he good? I that thought was he was simply funny. excellent. <laughs> Some people were so angry guy, about it, by the and, way. And this young guy, Michael, who was out there saying about how important it is to get out of the sunlight and fresh air, and that's a disinfectant, and it helps to kill the virus, which is completely opposite to the, the Fushi Gates line that we've got to stay inside and hide from our own shadows, which is... You know, just ridiculous. I, I for one, know that for a fact. Um, uh, if you step outside and get sunlight, you get vitamin D. I, I've been taking lots of vitamin D lately, and I recommend everyone do. Uh, it's not a difficult thing. They they sell uh, vitamins that you they're, they're gummies. They can you can get chewables. You can get swallow anything. But take vitamin D if you're staying indoors a lot. Vitamin D is good. It's what you get from the sun. It's very important to help fight off flu like symptoms or the flu itself. Well, here's the thing, though, gentlemen. You know, Jim, I'm not sure if you are aware of this, but we spoke to an individual out there in Australia. You remember that, Mike? Yes. I asked him, I said, if he thought this virus would sort of go away by summer here in America. And, well, he didn't believe so. I mean, it's it's hot as hell out there in Australia, and COVID-19 is still running wild. So no, I'm a little conflicted. an Israeli virologist who's shown that the lockdown don't help and that the virus peaks after 40 days and all but vanishes after 70. So, you know, 
this guy was very good too. He was talking about how warmer climates and so forth are going to help to take it down. I do hope that's uh, true. And, you know, I get what you're saying, Michael, about the guy in Australia. Sure. I, I really like that Trump had this guy out there talking today because I found it very persuasive, energetic, positive minded. Unlike this Fauci, who is a complete cretin and corrupt from the beginning to end, that this guy He's creepy. was ever in such a position of authority is embarrassing and shameful. I mean, th- this guy deserves, just as Mike said, to be dispatched in, in accordance with due process. But I mean, he deserves every punishment in the book. He's got that creepy look on him. I don't know what it is, but he's got that face. Right, Mike? Who are we talking about? We're talking about Jim Dr. Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm creepy too, but Dr. Fauci, he's got that look. Oh, yeah. He's got that face on him there. And, of course, this brings me to the next issue in regards of the coronavirus, Jim. I'm sure you've seen the videos of dancing nurses all around America. What are your thoughts and opinions on that? Well, they did this after Orlando. You know, Orlando... The permit for the club, for the Pulse Club, had expired three years before. It was just like Sandy Hook, where the school had been closed by 2008 because it was loaded with asbestos and other biohazards and damaged by a hurricane. I mean, it wasn't fit for students, and the club had been shut for three years. That's when they painted it black. Uh, So after they had their staged event there, they actually produced – Two videos, Dance Orlando Dance, to try to draw tourists back to the region, which, of course, is the home of Disney World. And, in fact, they were dancing nurses uh, and doctors in one case. Of course, they were fake. And then you had doctors uh, dancing uh, policemen and policewomen in another, also fake. I mean, it was uh, completely ridiculous. But what they have done, and this was a, a lot of the staffs of hospitals in New York, which were vacant. I mean, they, they were empty. They didn't have anybody there. Uh, we're flying in nurses and doctors from around the country at 100 bucks an hour because they, they were crisis actors. They weren't bona fide medical experts. L- listen, I got a topper for you. Would you believe it? The 2010 Olympics held in uh, London that there are open opening ceremony was an ode to the coronavirus. you got to watch this thing to believe no, it. Oh, I remember it. It was, it oh, no, was I remember. dark. It was creepy. They had little creatures that were actually supposed to be like the virus itself. They had a huge number of hospital beds. They had nurses in costumes who were dancing and so forth. It was an ode to the coronavirus. This is what they do here, these Illuminati uh, they, they feel they have to telegraph or announce what they're going to do in advance, and then they're not responsible. You can, you know, you can take a, a do something in to, to protect yourself or not, but they feel as though they no longer have any obligation once they have let you know. Understood, and I have seen footage of that, Jim, and it is quite interesting. And, of course, Jim, you are a man of science, reason, and Critical thinking, and I must ask you, uh, Jim, where do you draw the proverbial line in the sand? For me personally, it's the flat earth theory. You know, I can't jump on board with that. And, you know, Jim, I've always wondered, where is the line for you? Well, I mean, if you're talking about specific theories, certainly. Which one don't you jump on? I I mean, I have a PhD in the history of science and the philosophy of science. And the history of science is dominated by the history of astronomy and physics. 
So, of course, I mean, I find flat earth views utterly <laughs> unpalatable. I mean, you're going back thousands of years in intellectual history to, you know, a primitive, a belief as primitive as that. Flat earth isn't even a physical possibility because of gravitational attraction. You have to have spherical objects in space, which we have, and the flat earth wouldn't be a viable physical entity. So I find flat earth theory completely indefensible. I'm not into shape-shifting creatures either, you know, the, as I think David Icke is, uh, has, or is alleged to be. But David Icke gave a completely brilliant interview with the BBC where he was laying out the plan here to destroy the middle class, the small business in the United States, in order to take down the country and turn us into an analog of the Hunger Games. You remember those movies that yeah. may also have been a way of letting us know in advance what was going to happen. It's basically a medieval conception where the rich are ensconced in their castles surrounded by moats and the rest of us are serfs or slaves toiling in the field. I think that's how it falls out. And Jim, but go ahead, Mike. I was going to say nothing's changed. No, it really hasn't. Nothing has. What I mean by that, what I mean by that statement is you're always going to have the elite. You're always going to have the lower class. And and, uh, frankly, I don't think it's, it's ever going to change. So for, as long as society has been taking place, there's always the, the, the rich and there's always the poor. No, but Mike, Mike, you're missing a big picture here. They're wiping out small business in the United States. Remember, I said we have about 6 million companies in the United States. 90% of them have 20 or fewer employees. They are the backbone of the middle class. Oh, I get that, Jim. I get it. No, I agree with you 100% on that. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate what we are currently going through. I, I definitely, I am extremely concerned about the small business, mom and pop shops, uh, throughout the country as well as, uh, the economy for the country. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I understand. Well, the point is that's the objective of this uh, this uh, uh, this lockdown of the country, which is not economically sustainable. So you know, we we get back to work and we survive as a nation. And Trump goes down as the greatest president in American history, or we have an economic collapse unprecedented. That's uh, this thirteen-year slide into oblivion. That's going to make 1929 look like a tea party as AE Solutions Computer is predicting. This is why I've been so alarmed that we're getting so close and we're not getting back to work yet. But I saw signs there today, and there have been other indications that Trump may actually be aware of the forces arrayed against him. The guy is not to be underestimated. He is some kind of political genius. And and I, I heard a wonderful uh, comparison out of military history from Mike Barra, with whom I'm Dean Ryan. I'm doing these daily updates. He said, "We like to view Trump as like Patton, you know, moving very directly and straightforward, but he may be more like Rommel, you know, have a more clever indirect game plan." And I think he hit it exactly right. I think he hit it spot on. I think he's on to Fauci. I think he's on to Gates. I think he realizes the threat they pose. But he's got 
you know, multiple conflicting issues he's got to deal with. I'm, I have not lost faith in Donald Trump at this point in time. And God knows I want to see the country thrive, survive and prevail. I've read that uh, I read today that he is uh, at the highest of his polls uh, since he's been elected. That being said, Michael, do you still have that that sample of the guy talking about um, the allegedly the the Obama administration paying uh, Chinese lab workers to work on that virus? Do you still have that? It was the guy with the real real grumpy. No, no, I don't talk like that. Uh, you're oh, you're talking about uh, Alex Jones. Yeah, do you, you have me? that clip have that, that we clip. did a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I do have that clip. I'm glad you mentioned can it. Can you can yeah, you play, I'll play it? it for you? Yeah, Jim, have you Please. heard um, the rendition of Alex Jones telling the story of the origins of the coronavirus? No, tell him. I'd I mean, love to hear it. Oh, you got to hear this, Jim. It's amazing. I mean, it, it put chills down my spine. Well, I mean, you know, on the show, we've been talking a lot about it uh, for a while now, Mike, about the origins yeah. of it. And we've brought in different individuals that sort of put these things together for us. And speaking of which, April 1st, we will be talking to uh, Jeffrey Prather and Dr. May Paul Control. Mm-hmm. Friday. May 1st. Right. May 1st, not April 1st. Yeah, May 1st. Sorry about that. I'm not, I'm not sure why I said that, but yes. And this individual sort of put these things together for us very nicely, Mr. Jeffrey Prather. That's right. Ex-DEA uh, and CIA, Jim. Might have to bring you on with him one, one of these days, too. But yes, nonetheless, let's play that audio for you. 12th year is 2020. I'm your host, Alex Jones. Again, with the annoying uh, siren. Uh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yes, my God. article appeared last night in the Daily Mail with a press release, documents put out by the Communist Chinese, saying that, okay, we were working with COVID-19-type viruses with bats at the Wuhan Level 4 bioweapons facility, but don't blame us. We didn't do it on purpose. We're not sure how it happened, but Obama and the NIH and Fauci, starting in 2012, gave us all these grants and all this money to do it. Now, why would they do that? Because they know that we're exposing them. They know major institutes have scanned the viruses and know that it's man-made. It's not just from some cave. And they know that they then cultured it inside piglets that were fed dead piglets that were killed with the virus so that they could then harvest the virus in mass, weaponize it and produce it. And then right when Taiwan rebelled, right when China was about to be overthrown by people resisting it, right when the globalists couldn't get rid of Trump, the very globalists that gave China the weaponized COVID-19, Wuhan virus, the very globalists that set China up, very globalists wanted to remove Trump, told Xi Jinping, you release it, we'll shut down Taiwan, we'll shut down your own people, we'll then say you did a great job, reopen your economy, we'll then launch it into the West, Trump will never know what hit him, we'll tell them that Trump's got too strong a response at first, he'll relax the response, judges will block him, once it hits the United States, we will then blame him for every death and say he must be removed from office, it'll kill the economy, the things supporting him. That's what happened. We said that nine months ago is what the evidence showed. Had top experts like Dr. Boyle, who wrote the U.S. Biological Weapons Law, joining us next hour. Then we have articles and documents and scientific research. I'll show you right now where this was going on five years ago and was a national debate only three years after it started. Scientists were like, why are you giving gain of function, meaning airborne, weaponized, common cold to the Chinese, a chimera virus that you can add viruses onto? A cut-out virus. China can't produce that. At least they couldn't five years ago. 
the U.S. government gave them that virus that they could then load anything they wanted into, and they loaded the Wuhan virus into it because it's a coronavirus, and so is that virus. I will show you mainline news five years ago saying, what are you doing giving China gain of function? So China's saying to the NIH, the deep state, to the globalist, hey, you're going to hang us out to drive for the virus you gave us? You're going to let Trump come out with Senator Cotton and Senator Hawley and, and you know Alex Jones and, and Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson and and, 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 and even Bill Maher comes out and says, if China did this on purpose, it's war Friday night. As America wakes up to this and says, yeah, it's an economic weapon. And yeah, you covered it up. And yeah, it came out of your laboratory. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold your horses there, Tex. Here's the documents. We were given this in all these studies by Obama and by Fauci and the NIH. Of course, you've got Bill Gates and the globalists and all the money and the Rockefeller Foundation that did Lockstep 10 years ago, a big public paper about world government, martial law, using a deadly airborne virus that hits the lungs. You've got event 201 last year conducted by Bill Gates, 65 million die from an airborne coronavirus. They bring in world government. They tabletopped and exercised all this. And then Bill Gates has all the shows come out about him as a hero during a pandemic. And Bill Gates has the, not the vaccine ready, but the actual clone of this virus, this, this, this master virus ready two years ago. He's got that. This has all come out. But now he's the savior everywhere saying, you don't leave your house till you've had the shot. You'll have to have a digital tattoo in the vaccine under your skin before you can go to school. That's ABC News. Children will have to have this to go to school. This isn't Alan Jones' warning of it, saying it'd be Bill Gates later in a release bioweapon. It's been done. But I knew that if we exposed that the Chi-Coms release to shut down Taiwan, shut down their own people, had been promised by the World Health Organization, the UN, that they'd be seen as heroes, but that Trump would then be blamed as the bad guy. Xi Jinping went for it, allowed its release, allowed incubation in Wuhan. And then the Democrats said, leave the borders open, leave the planes open, go to Chinatown. They tried, the federal judges tried to block Trump for a few weeks, blocking the flights eight, nine weeks ago. They got in, it incubated, NIH brought in Americans that had it, turned them loose in San Antonio, turned them loose in New York, turned them loose in, in Seattle, L.A., Portland. This is all on record. I'm watching all this, seeing it. And then suddenly they go from Trump, don't stop it, there's no problem, the virus is a hoax, to it's your fault, Trump, you didn't do enough. Once they knew there was enough people here to have some death, and there it is. Oh, Wuhan's not involved. Oh, their le their level four bioweapons lab's not involved. Oh, never mind Alex Jones and, you know, the top weapons experts he has on saying five years ago Obama transferred this to them and eight years ago uh, did the contracts. We've already exposed all this. I've already had Dr. Boyle on and others six, seven, eight, nine weeks ago over and over again saying it's a gain-of-function bioweapon released out of Wuhan. Videos with millions of views at Bandai Video. And then the communist Chinese desperately release a document to one of the biggest papers in the world, the Daily Mail. And the headline earlier was, oh, they tested on bats with COVID-19. And but they're not sure that's where. And I said, that's they don't get the hit piece while the Chinese did this. It's to blame America and to blackmail the West saying, you release this, we'll expose your deep state operatives at NIH that gave it to us. And sure enough, they changed the headline saying, America scandal gave the bioweapon to them. It's all America's fault. Wow. I mean, this is so epic. And then in live time, they're changing the article and removing what it said earlier about the NIH and Fauci transferring it to them. But we have it all saved at a place called Infowars.com. Wuhan lab was performing experiments on bats from coronavirus caves, but now they've changed the headline to say it's America's fault. Here's our article, Global 
Bombshell China admits to harvesting and testing COVID-19 like coronavirus at Wuhan lab and they even admit COVID-19 specifically. But our article lays it all out, even has the screenshots of how the Daily Mail has now changed their headline and removed stuff. Wuhan lab was performing coronavirus experiments on bats from the caves where the disease is believed to have originated with a three million pound grant from the U.S. That has now been completely changed. Go ahead if you want to put the new headline up. Now, there it is. Revealed U.S. government gave 3.7 million grant to Wuhan lab at Center of Coronavirus Elite Security that was performing experiments on bats from caves with diseases believed to have originated. Now, why are they doing all this? Because, yes, it came out of Wuhan. Yes, it came out of the lab. Yes, Obama and the globalists funded this so China could release it on their enemies later and use this economic weapon against America and have the martial law locked down the forced inoculation. But when you read the headline, it didn't come from the bats. It came from the United States of America and the globalists and Obama and Fauci running it. Here is the scientist.com article from five years ago. I keep harping on lab made coronavirus triggers debate. And it goes on to say the gain of function is what worries them. They've even gone and tried to edit this and pull stuff out. But it's on the way back machine saved. Why would you get? All righty. I think we've heard enough of that. You know, I think, Michael, this may be Alex Jones' best moments. I mean, you know, Honestly. being all over on top of this is really excellent. He does, Honestly. He, he does a great job in general of drawing attention to complex and puzzling situations and inviting speculation about him. He's not good in going further to assess alternative hypotheses in relation to the available evidence, but... He gets the ball rolling. If, if you're able to pursue the issues he raises, nine times out of ten, he's got a real issue there. It's just he doesn't have the equipment to carry it further to completion. He does, what I do, of course, is bring together groups of experts in all these different cases, whether it's JFK or 9-11 or Sandy Hook or the Boston bombing or Orlando and Dallas and so forth and and, and do collective, collaborative research and then publish the results at moonrockbooks.com. Moonrockbooks.com. You know, so the public can have the benefit of our expertise because most Americans don't have the time, the inclination. They're stressed out enough just keeping food on the table and a roof over their head, especially now in the time of this lockdown, which has to end before – it, it devastates the American economy. It's got to end now. I'm all in favor of those who are protesting, right there, congressman, right there, senator, right there, governor. Tell them to get America back to work, write letters to the editor. Frankly, there's massive suppression. I gather Bill Gates has a staff that are deleting all kinds of tweets, twit, uh, tweets and, and posts on Facebook and and elsewhere that are right. crashing gates for the despicable actions he's done in in, 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 in in wreaking so much damage around the world, which Bobby Kennedy Jr. has been doing an excellent job of exposing. So he's got a staff that are deleting these by the hundreds of thousands. I mean, Bill Gates really has turned out to be a despicable, disgusting human being parading as some kind of benefactor of humanity when indeed it's all self-serving. He's in a business and he doesn't give a damn who he kills. And his physician recently conceded Bill Gates won't let his own children be vaccinated. Uh, aside from all that, and, and I do appreciate what you just said, but I got to ask you, what did you think about – 
what he was. Um, what's that guy's name again, Michael? Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Jim, what did you think about what Alex Jones said? Well, it's, it's, it's basically correct. Veterans Today just published documents showing that when they shut down Fort Detrick, which had been our bio lab, they transferred their, their staff and their experts to public universities, including the University of North Carolina, where I taught for a year myself. It's a very fine institution to do research here. And when the contract with North Carolina ran out, that's when Fauci gave the $3.7 million to the Wuhan lab to continue the research. So he's basically right on target here in terms of his basic depiction of what happened and how it was developed. Amazing. It's frightening, man. I'll tell you, whenever I hear that, um, Michael, hang on to that, because I think that is one of the most important clips that we've got. I, I, I Honestly, I'm blown away every time I hear that. Thanks for listening to it, Jim. Yeah, this is Alex Jones at his best. I mean, no question about it. I mean, this is good. This is good. This is good. And Jim, where can the listeners find more of you? Well, I've got a whole lot of blogs uh, at, you know, individual blogs. I, I draw the best and republish them at jamesfetzer.org. I'm very active on Twitter now, at Jim Fetzer. And I just put up the, I'm doing these daily updates with Dean Ryan in L.A. and Mike Barra in Seattle. And we have just posted our our update for today, they run every 30 to 40 minutes. We're giving you the highlights. And these guys are really good reporters. They're really good digging. So it's as though I were the anchor and they're, you know, working with me and collaborating and presenting. And then I add, of course, stories of my own that are consequential. And it works. It really works. You can find all that on Twitter at Jim Fetzer. And then the books. I mean, these books are sensational. Would you believe, Michael, of the 12 books we have published at Amazon.com, three of which are have a sole author, but nine of which I edited, Amazon has banned six of them. Six of them. Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook the Boston bombing, Orlando to Dallas, Charlottesville, Parkland, and even the Moon Book. But I believe they banned the Moon Book because it has chapters contesting the official narrative of the end of World War II. Right, Where right. they were asked by the ADL to ban every book that disputed the official Holocaust narrative, and Amazon obligingly banned some 2,000 books. My goodness. And Jim, final question. Do you see America going to war with China? No, I, I don't foresee that happening. We're too, we're too integrated economically, you know. There's all this stuff going on. Uh, China is buying up the United States, however. China owns an awful lot of property in California, especially. They own the media China as well. It's a port, a port of uh, 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 Long Beach, I believe, which is a major, you know, uh, import-export hub in Southern California. So I think there is a concern about the extent to which China is actually buying up the United States, and that's that's non-trivial, that's significant. I do not foresee a war with China. I do believe Israel has been exploiting this virus thing to try to damage both China and Iran, because China and Iran have been developing the new Silk Road as a commercial uh, mainstream way to bring goods from China through Iran up to Europe where Israel is very concerned that Iran not find uh, economic resources to make it robust and to no longer to be able to shrug off the sanctions that Donald Trump improperly imposed on Iran. 
Here's the, here's the sad thing about Iran is it was once a good country before uh, the uh, Shah was ousted or that, that, uh, that's completely absurd. The Shah, we imposed it? the Shah upon the Iranians. We took out their democratically elected government in 1953. It was the first coup executed by the CIA operated by Kermit Roosevelt, who was a cousin of Theodore. I mean, it's one of the disgraceful moments that Americans still don't realize that we drew first blood with Iran by taking out their democratically elected government and imposing the Shah who instituted a reign of terror and had among the most vicious secret police who were very skilled in torture and terrorism the world has ever known. So we need to get our heads screwed on right about Iran, which has a, a marvelous history. Iran has not launched a war of aggression against another state since 1775. And just to appreciate the enormity of that, the ratification of the Constitution began in 1787. George Washington was elected our first president in 1789. So for longer than the United States has existed as a constitutional republic, Iran has not launched a war of aggression against another state. That's a record I wish we could boast of. The Iranians own it. Oy vey. And Jim, before I cut you loose here, definitely uh, look up Crimson Contagion. Yes. Which Crimson was yes. very interesting. I wish Alex Jones would have mentioned that, but there's um, there's always some sort of drill before something happens, right? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, boy. It's, well, it's... I really enjoy being on with you guys. I think you're great fun, and we cover a lot of territory, and it's very enjoyable. So I look Thank forward you, to Jim. Wait back. a minute, Jim. Wait a minute. Hold your horses before you leave. I think there's a call here uh, for you. Uh, caller, go ahead before Jim leaves. Caller, go ahead. <laughs> and there he goes. We've lost the caller. You know, all this time I thought he was going to. Wait, caller, go ahead. We hear you now. Caller, go ahead, speak, buddy. We can hear you. Hello. What's up, buddy? Do you have something to say uh, to Jim Fetzer? No? Well, we heard Caller, you now. are you uh, there? He hung Caller, up. Speak. He's gone. Jim, I want to thank guys, you. Maybe next time. Yeah, maybe, maybe next, next time. time. Okay, I got I to gotta go. You, think, Jim? you guys are terrific, and I really enjoy it, Michael. You know how much I like being on with you as my host. Much respect. Talk to you soon, my friend. Thanks. Got it. Take Bye. Care, Great fun. Good Talk night. to you soon. Bye. And there he goes, and I believe the caller is back again. Uh, caller, what's up? Caller, go ahead. And there's nothing. Okay, not working. Yeah, I mean, we hear him, but now he's not talking. Well, click. What can you do? What can you do? Dude, what in, oh, man. So, all right, I got to ask, at, at the end, did I say something wrong? Because I was always under the impression that the Iranian, uh, what is it, the Iranian Liberation Army, uh, whatever the hell they are, the Iranian Rebellious, whatever the hell they're called, um, I thought they took over back in 79 or 80, just before, uh, when President Carter was in office, just before uh, Ronald Reagan won, and, um, uh, you know, they had they had taken American prisoners or hostages from the American embassy. And uh, from what I understand, I thought Iran was a great country. It was it was uh, a, a democracy or a republic, however, whatever it was. But I mean, they, they it was an aspiring country. It had um, 
uh, you know, freedom for its people. And then these 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 rebels took over, and that was the end of that. Saddam like, Hussein was the greatest leader of the Muslim free world, Mike. And well, that was Iraq. I, not I yes, Iran. but I'm just bringing up Saddam Hussein just as a reminder. That That's we should right. have not taken him, taken him out of there. I, I just Absolutely. wanted to make that very clear to everyone out there. And by the way, I think, I think the caller is here and he can't hear us now. Okay. Caller, what's up? Can you hear us now? Yes, I can, Michael. How are you doing? What's up, brother? How are you? Good. This is Sean from Northern California. How are you? Oh, yeah. What's up, Sean? I missed you. Missed you too. How's Orangey doing? He's good. Good. How are you doing? Hey, uh, what's that? Go ahead. I said, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, doing well. Things have changed uh, at family. I'll explain later. Okay, go ahead. Um, all good, though. You missed, the main thing. you missed Jim, by the way, and it might have been... Uh, I know, I know. I tried to call earlier, and I couldn't get through. It was like some busy toner or whatever. All good, all good. And I had my checklist, and between you and Mike and Jim, the cross, cross it off, cross it off. That's you guys okay. were talking about it. But That's there was a couple right. things I wanted to, I was hoping to get on before Jim left, but, you know, say la vie. He'll be back again, uh, don't worry. No, it, it's a good thing about Jim. He's like every four weeks, you know. Right, <laughs> yeah. his updates. And the good thing about, or the only good thing about this shutdown is the programming on streaming between your show and Jim's raw deal. I mean, that's like four hours of... It's a lot of goddamn content, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm walking my dog who wants to go for two-hour walks. I can listen to those shows. It's amazing. Word. But anyway, yes. uh, you made a comment about Kim Kardashian earlier. Yes. And, and I think I tweeted this to you, I don't know, I guess it's been a couple of months, how she was bragging. She goes, oh, you know, thank you, all my followers. We're doing fine. All of us have been tested. And this is before anybody could get a test. Really? The tests weren't available, right? Yeah, I think I sent, it was like, early March or something. You did send me something like that. I do recall. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Weird. kind of brass on her end. And, um, you know, I, I was going to ask Jim to elaborate about JFK Jr. Going after, uh, Gates and Fauci, but I guess he already went into that. And it was a couple other things. Um, caller, if I may, it, the thing is when, when ahead, you speak Mike. to Jim, you, you, you you're going to get an answer that goes from, one topic to the next, so you have to be quick. <laughs> exactly. The free train. Like I said, it's, you know, Mike wants me, or excuse me, Michael wants me to call in, and it's like, I had to pick my moment, because he's on a roll, right? And I that's true. Right. He never stops. <laughs> but, you know, Jim, that's why I call him Jim the free train, Fetzer. Exactly. But there, there's certain things he, he talks about in his show that I wanted your audience to hear. That, right, right. That's why I was trying to call in, but I couldn't get in. Uh, did he mention, I, I, unfortunately where I live, I get a lot of, uh, interference on the stream. So it, Oh, the Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's probably, back on. it's probably your it's Wi-Fi pretty, there. It's, it's not good in your location. Got probably a, a dead spot there somewhere. Exactly. Word. Did he, did he talk about, uh, Google search on Hollywood television and film? I don't think he mentioned when that. You Google that phrase, Hollywood television and film. Mm hmm. You get uh, kitty porn. Oh my God! Don't don't search that. What? Then. I'm not looking. Don't look at that. I'm not looking. You're gonna no. get yourself in what trouble. You, wait, 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 wait. No, no, what no, do you no, get? No, no, no. If you guys, Google guys, what Hollywood, do you get? television and film. I think they've corrected it since. This was a couple of days ago. 
people were up in arms because there's young children dressed scantily, pictures of it, no videos or anything. But and uh, did he did he mention anything about Tom Hanks? No, we talked about Tom Hanks okay. a couple of weeks ago though. Yeah, it was amazing how he's got the virus in Australia, right? And everybody's worried about him, but yet somehow he's cured, and somehow with no air flight, he gets flown home to L.A. on uh, some kind of Air Force. Hey, but by the way, um, hold on one second. I think we have Jim Fetzer right here. Uh, Jim, what happened? Oh, well, the, 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 the NFL draft is going on, and one of the guys oh, I was going to do this show, this is the new JFK show we do every week. He's watching the NFL draft, so uh-huh. he... He doesn't want to do it. <laughs> I so see. I, I'm back for a few more minutes if you well, want. I could I could stay for you know 15 or something. Well, Mike, I'm so uh, Mike, uh, Jim, I'm so glad you're here because we do have a caller who wanted wanted to uh, speak to you. So I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Well, you get your chance, uh, Sean. Here, here's Jim himself. Go ahead. Hey, Jim. Oh, Sean. Yeah, you, you said I you were going to call. I'm glad you did. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I I don't want to like ask questions that you were going to talk about. But uh, I missed a few minutes of the show due to streaming issues, and I was asking Michael while you know you were away. Did, did you talk to uh, Michael and Mike about uh, the Google search that Dean found about Hollywood television and film? About r- remind me, Google Sean. Hollywood television and film. What appears? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that? yeah. Well, if you put up that Hollywood television and, and film. There was a whole bunch of scantily clad little kids. In other words, a kiddie porn. And they were, Mike and, and, and Dean in particular was interpreting that as a sign of cracking down, which appears to be going on in the this warfare in tunnels underneath Los Angeles. I mean, Dean's been reporting on it for some time now, and it looks as though it's a real deal. And frankly, I find it quite heartening because it suggests to me that Trump really is seeking to clean up the, the, the Hollywood. We, we played a, a video of a boxer by the name of Rodriguez who was uh, talking about how there is a massive sting going on taking down pedophile operations all over the country, but especially in Hollywood, and where I knew by way of background from an interview I did with Jim Rothstein, who was an NYPD Gold Shield detective who cracked many pedophile cases in New York, only to find him quashed by the DA on political grounds based upon his experience. Seventy percent of the American political elite, including Hollywood celebrities, are engaged in pedophilia. Seventy percent. And Rodriguez was saying he knew he knows many A-listers because of his status as a boxer, and he was confirming that this really is going down. And frankly, if that's the case, I find it inspirational because it means Trump really is doing what he promised to do in draining the swamp. And Sean, by the way, you you might have missed this if you weren't listening earlier, but I have validated the fact that there are a lot and lots of tunnels in Los Angeles, and I've actually been to a rave. And one of these said tunnels. So, you know, I did hear that. I yeah. did hear that. Well, yeah. that's, that's a fact. Right. And, and also Jim, uh, if you can mention, uh, the Tom Hanks angle, you know, how he, he had, uh, well, he, he, yeah, these are reports uh, from Dean. Australia, so, you know, I can't directly verify the stories, but there is some suspicion that Tom Hanks is one of those who's been, uh, 
targeted for the, you know, indictments and arrest in relation to pedophile operations that he's fled to New Zealand and that there was a, a figure from an animated movie that showed the, the character whose voice he provided lying, you know, flat on the ground with like a, a knife in the back, as I took it, symbolizing that he was going down in this sting operation. But Rodriguez was emphasizing you're going to be blown away by the names when all this comes out, that it's some of the biggest actors in Hollywood. And just one more, Jim. Um, you remember that article, I think it was in Minnesota, where it was mentioning uh, kickbacks to the doctors if they noticed oh, corona. Yeah, this is the Minnesota State the Senator. And the death certificate. The Minnesota State Senator was also a doctor, was prevailed upon. He was asked to assign... The cause of death is COVID to patients who've never been tested. And he revealed that the, the hospitals were being paid $13,000 for every for every patient they identify as a COVID patient and 39000 for every patient they put on a ventilator. And a point I was making, Michael, in various of our discussions is Ventilators, of course, are used for very serious respiratory problems, but there's a whole set of intermediate cases that are dealt with with much smaller and easily available and much less expensive machines that are called BiPAP and CPAP. Those of us who, like myself, suffer from what's known as sleep apnea mean we have discontinuities in our breathing when we're asleep use these machines to maintain continuity of breathing. Uh, and uh, that's something that would have been available easily all over the country. So why they went immediately from, you know, having a COVID patient and putting them on a, 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 one of these extremely expensive incubators, which actually are very harmful. They tend to do damage to the lung. So persons are put on incubators often die when you have these much smaller, more compact, and easily available by the million CPAP and BiPAP machines is, you know, it's just part of a staggering ripoff going on here. You know, there, there's a great deal of competition now between big companies for the, for the, the COVID vaccine. But I tell you, what we don't want is the vaccine. In fact, I was a little troubled that today Trump was being played by the massive onslaught uh, uh, against hydroxychloroquine, which has been demonstrated to be successful. We had a physician in France who had 80 patients who had been hospitalized, 80 hospitalized patients, meaning their symptoms were serious enough that they required hospitalization. He gave them the hydroxychloroquine uh, treatment with a Z-Pak, and 79 of them survived. We had another group of 350 in the U.S., all of whom survived. We got a New York physician spelling out his uh, combination of hydroxychloroquine and the Z-Pak and zinc. He had 500 patients, all of whom survived, none of whom even had to be incubated. I mean, this stuff works. So that Mike Barra, who's up in Seattle, was predicting several days ago they were going to have a massive assault on hydroxychloroquine, and they came up with what appeared to be completely fabricated VA studies that they were admitting were not scientific studies, meaning they just made it up to guarantee the outcome, attacking hydroxychloroquine for alleged side effects that have never been known in around 35 years of use 
So I'm very, very troubled that Trump is still vulnerable to being played by some of those surrounding him with these phony stories. The hydroxychloroquine is a sure cure, it appears to me. So what we want to do is get back to work. It turns out that since the study in Santa Clara showed that there are 50 to 80 times more persons in the community who have been exposed but who haven't died, that means the death rate is from, you know, 50 to 80, uh, uh, 150th to 180th, the, the amount that it's been attributed. So it's relatively minuscule from the coronavirus. Go back to work, isolate the elderly and infirm who might be most vulnerable. And then if anyone comes down with it, give it the hydroxy treatment was as cheap, readily available, and virtually completely effective. Yeah, this so virus. No, no, no good reason not to get back to work and to do it now before the nation suffers greater economic damage. I think it's already suffered greatly as it is. I mean, capitalism probably won't be the same, Jim, after this. Well, I don't Forever. know. I mean, you know, look, the idea was to have a kind of uh, corporate fascism. I mean, remember, fascism uh, it can also be known as corporatism. Mussolini himself made that point because it's a merger of big business with big government. If you wipe out the middle middle class and small businesses, then you're really left with this tremendously bifurcated structure where you have the mammoth corporation, the perfect example of which is Amazon.com, uh, but also Walmart and others of that kind that just scarf up all the business that heretofore was dealt with by the smaller businesses. So they become even more mammoth. And you have the citizens more dependent on the state so that it's a really a bad arrangement and uh, totally antithetical to the history of the United States. So we need to get back to work, and now, 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 today is not too soon. I agree. We're going to have to do something here. We can't let the economy fall uh, any further deeper than it already has. But, of course, all new protocols must come into play if we do so at a full capacity, which I don't know will happen uh, that's left to be indicated my goodness it, what a what a goddamn mess jim tell me about it you know i think a point that was made on tucker is more people die from choking on their food that are dying from the <laughs> coronavirus oh my uh, i mean it's that bad it's that bad it's that ridiculous this whole thing has been totally blown out of proportion it, it it's a com it's a political pandemic it is not a medical emergency and you know, if anyone wants to see the data that substantiates, I, I did on my own show a two-hour summary of the evidence on the 8th of April, which is available at, at 153news.net, which is back up, I'm glad to say. And then I did a sequel a week later on the 15th. So you can find two comprehensive two-hour summations of the evidence that shows this is totally fabricated and fake, including... Uh, empty hospitals all over the world and, and uh, you know, the fact that they don't really have reliable methods to test and the, the whole idea of going for vaccine vaccinations at, at great express and hideous consequences is just a monstrous plot. I mean, it, it's, it's god awful. So I'm just saying if anyone wants to really review the evidence 
uh, check out both the raw deal for 8 April and the raw deal for 15 April, both of which are available at 153news.net. Yeah, Mike, you have a question. Go ahead. <laughs> you got Go in there. Um, all right. So I have a question. Jim, do you know, have you have any personal friends or family that has been infected with this virus? No, and I don't know anybody who knows anyone who has. I've had two. Absurdities, you know. I've had two. As a matter of fact, okay. uh, the third person I talked to, first of all, the two people that I know that were affected were a personal friend of mine yes, who I've worked with musically, lives in New York City. He's been – he just got slammed with it this week. And I had a cousin who uh, is down in uh, Bayville, New Jersey, who was affected so badly from it, it had gone up into his brain um, he's recovering. Luckily, he was he was literally on his deathbed. They didn't even know if he was going to make it, but he has recovered and he's at home recovering still, and he's doing good. So I'm glad and about how, that. How was he but treated, the, Mike? Was he given the hydroxychloroquine and the Z pack? That I do not have an answer for you. I I can honestly say I don't know. But yeah. here's the other thing. Now now the other person is uh, a business friend of mine. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to tell you who, is, who he is, but Michael, you're sure. going to know who I'm talking about oh, because oh, I sure. just spoke to you a couple of days ago about having reached this gentleman. Oh, shit. In, uh, in reference to getting uh, some other guests on from the thing he runs. Oh, no. So this guy who I was talking to the other day, I've known him since 1993. Uh, we've worked together business-wise. He knows me as a musician. He knows me personally. He had a friend that had worked for him in the uh, this event that he runs every six months in New Jersey. Yeah. This guy whose uh, name, we'll call him Tony for now because uh, I don't want to mention any names. But this guy, Tony, who was a friend of the guy who I'm talking to. Yeah. And uh, my friend tells me, yeah, he goes, my friend Tony, first off, his grandfather got sick, number one. Yeah. As a result, his his mother got sick, his two sisters got sick, and eventually Tony got sick. Mm. And every single one of them is now dead. So you have the oh, grandfather shit. who died first, the uh, the mother, the two sisters, and then Tony. All five well, of them are dead. That's a that's a terrible story. I mean, that is. So, it's horrible. I'm so unhappy to hear about that. On the other hand. Were they treated with hydroxychloroquine and the z pack and zinc? Because this works. Again, uh, again, Jim, I don't know those specifics. All I know is from what I was told that this my, – well, my buddy who I was talking to on the phone told me that all five of them died within a two-and-a-half to three-week period. Well, let me follow up by saying Tucker's show tonight is brilliant about the cost of the economy in relation to actual deaths lost. He points out that – the vast majority of deaths in the United States have been concentrated in New York City and in New Jersey. And it's a lot of persons who travel from New Jersey into New York to work. And that appears to be the cluster, the big cluster in the USA. I think it was on the order of 15,000 in New York and 5,000 in New Jersey. And he was going through all the other states, and the numbers were pretty trifling, even in the two largest, most populous states of California and Texas. But what, what I'm saying is not that the virus isn't real. The virus is real. The pandemic is fake. The pandemic is what is not real because the actual number of deaths is minuscule. 
not even as substantial as the seasonal flu. And as Brett Hume observed on Tucker's show weeks and weeks ago, you don't shut down a country because of a contagious disease. Sweden has gone forward and is thriving and surviving. You have a number of states here in the U.S. that haven't locked down, and they're doing just fine. We would have been far better off had we not locked down. And as I believe I mentioned at the top of the show when I first came on, we have a physician from King's College London where I gave a talk years and years ago who's reporting that there are going to be more deaths now from cancer patients who have not been receiving the therapy and treatment they would have had because of the disruption caused by the coronavirus pandemic than die from coronavirus. You can have more cancer patients who've been unable to get the treatment they needed to survive because of the disruption caused by the coronavirus pandemic, so-called, than are going to die from coronavirus. So, you know, I think there's just too much. Exactly spot on and displays the absurdity of what we're doing here. I think there's just too many conflicting reports going on right now, even though this is very new. And Mike, I got to ask you, were they hooked up to a ventilator by any chance? Uh, Again, most likely, right? I, I. The people that I knew that were directly associated with me, like my cousin and uh, the other guy I knew, first of all, my cousin, who, um, as I said, was very, very, very sick. Literally, they said he was like on death's doorstep. I don't know all the specifics about it. Understood. I I can't say I do. But here's the other thing. Here's the weird thing. My other pal, who is a musician friend of mine, uh, he's very much into holistic stuff and from what he told me, he said that from what his doctor said to him is that there's multiple strands of this particular virus. Well, that's right. That he made that. Yeah, that he had the, the Chinese virus, but he didn't have it to the extent that it could have offed him. Understood. So that's all. Yeah, I know. They're, like 40, they're like 40 variations. I mean, coronavirus is actually the ordinary cold virus. We all have it. And it's just that if our immune system is working normally and is robust, it doesn't affect us. That's why there's a suspicion that Dr. Tenpenny and I were discussing last night that 5G may be the hidden variable in the background. Because if you look at the worldwide patterns where coronavirus is having the greatest impact, there are areas where 5G has been rolled out where among the effects of 5G are to weaken our immune system so that threats we'd normally not bother with, like water off a duck's back, actually we become vulnerable because our immune system has been weakened. And I was even saying to her, maybe that would account for the alleged, I think the number is 21 million cell phone users that seem to have disappeared in China. Could they have had 21 million deaths from uh, 5G exposure? Uh, uh, Look, this is a mystery here. And and we were simply sharing our concern that that might be the case. She did say to me that the Chinese crematoria are running day and night. That's true, though. They are. But, you know, Jim, I have to say I don't understand. Well, I, I can't really jump on the 5G bandwagon simply because of this fact. All the people that have died from COVID-19, none of them had all of a sudden uh, just random cancer, like thyroid cancer or any other cancer. And that's what a lot of people um, have been putting out there about 5G, that it causes cancer. But 
Where, where where's all the well, cancer? Five G has a lot of deleterious effects. We got a well, that's true. Meredith from Washington State University, who's an expert in health sciences, who's observed that uh, putting out 5G on a massive scale without conducting any safety studies about its effects on human beings and other living things is the dumbest idea in the history of the world. Well said. Yeah, (laughs) I think he's spot on about that. Uh, And and Michael, I understand your reservations. I wasn't saying it was the cause. I'm saying it's a possible cause and therefore deserves further investigation. And I'm with you on that. Penny, who may know more about the effects of vaccines and their hazards than anyone in the world, was in agreement that there's an issue here. And just to um, quickly finish up with the ventilator, ventilators, Mike, I just wanted to say about 88% of those that are placed on a ventilator, they perish my friend no, they don't make it it's right. pretty, no, i, I remember screwed. you said that and and i know you know in the back of my mind when you were asking me that question i knew exactly where you're going you were going with it regretfully i don't have the details to these people who have either passed or have gotten yeah. sick as a result well if you able if you're able to come down with the information i, do. I will I'm particularly interested in whether any of them received hydroxychloroquine i don't want trump to back off on that because that's the answer to the vaccination. See, if they get us to have mandatory vaccinations and, and, and Gates is so insane, he wants us to have to show our vaccine card in order to fly on an airplane, for example. He basically wants to create a, yeah. a, a universal yeah. ID that, card. That, that's okay. Well, voting in this country, you don't need an ID. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I know, I know, I know. And we, we, we have rampant stolen elections here. I mean, I've been advocating for many years now the elimination of electronic voting machines, which are so easily hacked, and getting rid of gerrymandered districts uh, and getting uh, private money out of uh, federal elections, but also most controversially, but in many ways perhaps even the most important, restoring the draft. Because since Nixon abolished the draft to take the air out of the anti-war movement, American families haven't been concerned about decisions of war and peace because they know their sons and daughters aren't going to be affected. If you restore the draft, then the whole country becomes concerned once again, and we don't have all of these adventures going off and starting wars willy-nilly right and left because families care. So that, that combination of, of measures, I think, would go a long way toward restoring the people's control over their destiny through the democratic system. I have to say I agree with you on that, Jim. I'll tell you why. Only because uh, countries like um, – uh, there are several countries that it's mandatory, I believe. China uh, – and I'm not saying just these communist countries. Even Israel, it's mandatory yeah, Israel there. that, yeah. that, yes. that they, go yeah. to, they go to military as what? As, as early as 13, 16? Some, now, look, I'm, something like that, yeah. All, all I'm saying is that it promotes uh, a, a, a good start for a young teenager. Um you know, even even if they just kept it short, even if it was just a year or two that you serve, um, again, not mandatory, but it could certainly help with college and so many other things in, in a person's life, be them boy or girl. Uh, but, you know, the problem is we've got too many people that come up and they immediately oppose the country, our country, the U.S., the United States of America. And and they, they they well you know we don't need military oh yes we do 
Military, we are the number one country in the world and we need military to reserve peace. I can't say it enough. No, I agree with you completely. And the fact is it instills discipline. We have a generation of students who've never held a rifle, who've never, you know, never. issued a salute, who, who don't know A to Z, don't know anything about no. military service, have no sense of discipline. The nation would be far better off to have a larger core of its young people who actually have military training, have a sense of discipline, who've had some responsibility in life. And, and haven't just lived a soft, flabby, you know, meaningless existence. I mean, just right. to put it in kind of broad language, I think it's a good experience. Now, I had the benefit of the Navy providing for my tuition books and uh, at the time $50 a month spending money when I was an undergraduate in return for my agreeing to serve for four years or more as a regular officer in the Navy or the Marine Corps. This was the... Uh, uh, NSF title, no, let's see, in, 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 the, in the National Defense yeah. Education Act Title IV program. And, uh, I mean, I could not have afforded, my father couldn't have afforded to send me to Princeton, very expensive. Of course not. Yeah, wow. but the Navy paid for it. I, I chose to serve in the Marine Corps, and it was a very because I, I figured if I was going to be in the military, I wanted to be in a real military organization. Right. And it, it was it was extremely positive for me, and, and it, it made a great deal of difference in my life. Oh, Let me oh. tell you something, Jim. When I was 16 years old, I I I took my father, who had who served in the Korean War, and uh, I said to him, "Pop," I said, "I'm quitting high school and I'm joining the Navy, and I need you to sign for me." I was 16, and we went down to the recru recruiter's office. I signed up papers and. Um, uh, before I signed the paper to, to, to go into the, the uh, military, I actually, you know, I said, I'm going to look this over. I want to look it over and I'll get back to you. So I went home and, um, unfortunately it was that very week that I was, uh, I had, a, I began to have a, a, a physical problem, a, a health issue in which I had to go see several different doctors at which went on for three months and eventually, uh, forced me into having major surgery on my chest for a tumor that was in my lung cavity, uh, wow. an enlarged, yeah, an enlarged clavicle on my, on my shoulder here, uh, you know, of, of, uh, calcium deposits around the bone, around the clavicle. So long story short, I ended up not being able to go into the Navy because of, uh, uh health problems right off the yeah. bat. Sure. And then eventually my brother, my older brother talked me out of it because when he asked, he's like, why do you want to go to the Navy? I said, well, I want to, I want to protect my country. He's like, well, there's no war. You don't have to protect your country. So why don't you go out and get a goddamn job? He said. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ultimately I didn't end up joining because I was, uh, I had a physical problem, uh, health wise and I didn't go, but that's what I just want to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to go. I was going to go ultimately. Understood. And by the way, uh, Sean, are you still online there? Yes, I am. Did you have anything else to ask um, Jim here? I, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, two quick questions. But before I wanted to ask Mike, or not ask Mike, but uh, thank Mike for bringing up vitamin D as a very important uh, source to strengthen your immune system to help prevent COVID-19 from attacking and destroying, it's very critical that people know that. 
So yes. I want to say thank you, Mike, for saying that. Oh, you're quite welcome. And you're quite welcome. Ben. No problem. And uh, Jim, two things. Um, you were talking about uh, vaccines, right? And, uh, you know, the yes. influenza flu one. I think you and Mike said something, Mike, on a raw deal about uh, the last five years, if you had the, uh, the flu shot, that there's uh, COVID-19 in the flu shot? I didn't mention that, but it appears to be true. Right. Okay. And, and the other thing was, uh, I think it was on last night's show, you guys were mentioning, or you didn't mention, but you, you were hearing that uh, uh, the opening ceremony of the 2012 UK Olympics yeah, I guess it was 12. I like said prequel, 10 before, but I think COVID. it was 12. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, you can't prove it, but it's pretty eerie, the similarity, no how they're talking oh, about oh, a it's, a, it's a note to the coronavirus. There's no doubt about it. Look at it. You cannot watch that and not be <laughs> stunned. I, I think so, but I, I don't want and to so speak gro- for the millions. It's so yeah. grotesque and antithetical to an Olympics. It's got nothing to do with sports. It's all bizarre, very dark. All these hospital beds, all these nurses, <laughs> all these little entities that are supposed to be the virus itself. It's even got something there that's supposed to represent 5G. It is weird. Everything's oh, weird gosh. lately for some odd reason. It's uh, 2020 has been just bizarre, Jim. I'll say. Yeah, well, this is going back to the 2012, the, the opening ceremony at the Olympics in London. It's just bizarre. <laughs> Insane. Sean, anything else? No, that'll do it, Michael. All well, right. and you too, Mike and Jim. Thanks Sean, for calling, Sean. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us here. No problem. Talk to Have you soon. Bye bye. Take care. And there he goes. That was Sean, boys and girls, great caller there. Longtime listener. First time. Well, actually, I don't think that was the first time he called in, so we can't say that, but yes. Great call there. And Jim, my goodness, I'm just. Just completely um, stunned with the year 2020. And I'm actually very excited, nonetheless, to see what happens next. Even though we are in what many have described as the end times, I can't help but feel excited about all of this. Well, if, if, if Trump pulls us through it, he will be hailed as the greatest president in the history of the nation. And if he fails, he'll go down as a great Flop. I mean, this is this is for all the marbles. I've never been in a situation where I felt the fate of the nation was more at stake than what we're going through right now. Oh my God, very, this has been many, many years in the planning. This is at least twenty years in planning for these events. And when you had Anthony Fauci in two thousand seventeen at a pandemic preparedness conference in Washington saying that Trump would not only be confronted with HIV, AIDS, and the seasonal flu, but with a surprise pandemic. But you know, know, it's not a surprise because he already knows (laughs) that 2017, and he's responsible for preparedness, and he doesn't prepare us. You know, this guy is as dirty as they come. This guy totally corrupt, and he plans – he he would be the beneficiary of – vast sums of money if Gates' uh, vaccine program moves forward. And I'm telling you, these vaccines, this whole vaccine thing is is terrible. It's got to be defeated. Trump has to issue an executive order against mandatory vaccinations. And I'm sure everyone here knows 
how the Congress, in its infinite stupidity, passed a bill exempting the pharmaceutical industry from adverse consequences caused by their vaccines. They can put out a vaccine that kills every single person it's given and not be liable for a single red cent. It's that bad. By the way, we have another caller here. Caller, go ahead. Good afternoon and good evening. Um, how are you, Dr. Spencer? Greetings. All righty. Fantastic. Uh, boy, oh boy, you said it right. Uh, yeah, we're, we're here. Uh, now, would that be the only industry that's exempt? Uh, that have these exemptions, or are there any, any other industries? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, if there are, I don't know about them, but uh, sure. this is, this uh, is bizarre. Are you aware? Are there, in fact, others? No, no, I'm, I, yeah, that's what I was asking. Yeah, not that I'm aware. Okay, so I've um, I found this article from a German, uh, I guess, medical uh, uh, journal uh, from 2016, written by Stefan Lanka, uh, who basically dismantles the virus theory and they're stating that it's not what we've been told and that all these viruses are mere artist expressions or interpretations of what it may look like and it's a misnomer to begin with they're cgi just like black holes well that doesn't sound right to me on his face um I mean, as far as depicting them, it's a point that that's happening with the biologic processes, but they're not what we're told. Several, several commentators, critics have observed that the actual structure of this DNA virus has never been identified. It's never been nailed down scientifically so that all of the diagnoses are really flying by the seat of your pants, which works to the benefit of the bad guys because they can just claim it's prevalent everywhere, although they want to maintain that high death rate to be intimidating. But when it turns out that actually 50 to 80 times more of us have been exposed, that means the death rate is actually fantastically lower than we've been led to believe. And therefore, the fear that we associate with the threat it poses ought to be diminished overwhelmingly. But we have 50 governors who don't know which end is up. They're, they're for the most part, scientific morons, and they just don't know how to handle this, and they're going to veer of necessity on the side of caution because they don't understand the economics either. It's the economic failure of the United States that is going to cause overwhelming death to the American people, not this virus, which is right. trivial by comparison. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. The economy is probably more important than the virus itself. By far. By far. Caller, do you have anything else? And, uh, they haven't even qualified uh, you know, what it is, let alone how to test it, how to verify it and validate it, and then, of course, the whole operation of their tactics, which is the mind virus itself. Stop listening to the garbage media. Tune in yeah. and click us. Well said, caller. Yeah, glad you called. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for the call, buddy. Yep. Take care. And I'll uh, leave links in um, Discord. Go ahead. Take care and be Go safe on. out there, my friend. Thanks Thank for the call, guys. All right, bye-bye. Godspeed. And there he goes. Great call as well. And uh, my goodness, so much has been going on. Uh, Jim, what's it like out there where you are at currently? Well, I'm I'm back to taking a walk every day. It's beautiful weather. 
clear sky, no clouds, I think, today. It was uh, probably around 50 degrees. I think getting out and about, that's what I like, too, about this briefing today, that Trump had this young guy, rather than Fauci, out there who was talking about the importance of sunlight and getting outdoors, which is the opposite of what we've been hearing from these nasty people who want to do us harm. So, you know, I I was only troubled that he he explained why he was in disagreement with the governor of uh, Georgia, which made me feel overwhelmingly better when he explained exactly why he thought opening the hair salons and the tattoo parlors and the saunas was a bad, the spas was a bad idea. Uh, on the other hand, you know, since the Georgia governor is taking the initiative of getting the state back to work, I had rather anticipated he'd be a, a, a supporter. So I was dismayed when yesterday it came across that he wasn't, but today I got clarification on exactly why. So I'm no longer so distraught over that. Uh, and having this younger guy, just worried he's going to be played about the hydroxychloroquine because it really is a solution. They did not anticipate there'd be a cheap, readily available, and highly effective antidote to the coronavirus uh, that was already around for 35 years in a form of an anti-malarial drug that just has a terrific track record. So they're trying to undertake all this propaganda, pseudoscience for a certainty, to try to restore the vaccines as the number one agenda. If they can get us to take the vaccines, they have won. I'll tell you right now, vaccination, universal vaccination was always the agenda, in addition to destroying small businesses in the United States. So we'll see what happens here. Definitely. Trump, needs to, Trump needs to move to preclude mandatory vaccinations. That would be one of the most important measures he could take. Wild times, Jim. These are historical times, as I've said time and time again here on this program. And Jim, I want to thank you very much for being a part of the program. Yet again, it's always an honor and absolute pleasure to share the air with you, my friend. Well, I always enjoy it. And you and Mike are a great combination. So it's my great pleasure, Michael. Uh, you know, I look forward to next time. Yes, thank sir. Thank you, Jim. We'll do it again. Good stuff. All right. Take care, Jim, and mahalo. Yes. Thank you. Thank, thank, you, thank you for all your information. Have a good night. Good night, sir. And there he goes, Mr. Jim Fetzer, the one and only Professor Jim Fetzer. Great man. Great guest. Love having him here on the program. And yes, it's that time to wrap it up. I didn't even I didn't even get a chance to play our, our little intro drop here. Uh, oh, Mike? you gotta, you gotta. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael and Mike of the Michael Deacon program. Oh, my. It's goddamn, goddamn, goddamn. <laughs> Love that part. <laughs> it's nice. Now, now I the feel, only thing is, Michael, mm-hmm. you got to remember to play it at the beginning of the show. Yeah, but we run late. You know, we got to be fashionably late here, and you never know what's going to happen, <laughs> so I forget. I need God. I will send you a a text message. Oh, my God. See, even Sergeant is pissed you didn't play. The bird's mad at me. My God, even the bird. (laughs) Even that poor Um, bird. I'll remind you just so we can play in the beginning because I think it's it goes with like it just goes with the whole idea of the show. You know, I think it's groovy. I think it's fantastic. But yes, it's that time to wrap it up here. And my goodness, Mike, what a show that was. 
What a hell of a show, brother. And we're on tomorrow. Sir. We got Von Wieland. Before I forget, hang on to that clip of uh, Alex uh, Rogers. Yeah, Alex Rogers. Let's call him that. Alex Jones. (laughs) But Alex Rogers, we'll we'll leave it at that. I like that name better. (laughs) Okay. I'm with it. No problem. I'm really good at screwing things up with names. That's okay. (laughs) Don't worry. I have a short-term memory as well. Oh, good. (laughs) And long-term sometimes. Uh, But you hang on to that clip because I'll tell you, man, I, I think that is a brilliant, brilliant clip. I like it. Uh, you know, it just everything he says in it is it's frightening. And, and I, I want to believe it. Do you believe it? I believe it. Okay. And I mean, we've talked to um, various people that sort of validate that way before we even heard Alex Jones say that. OK, so, I, you know, when I heard it, it just made so much sense to me. You just and need I'm, someone yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> and then it got through to you. Yeah. Yeah. You just need someone to yell at you, Mike. Indeed. Uh, like I said, I think it's a great clip and I think it speaks volumes. So, yeah, hang on to that. Um, no, anyway, yeah, great show tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, I enjoyed being on the show as usual. You want to finish up by saying anything? Uh, well, you know what I'm going to say right now, Mike, as we always do, have to play this. Television set. Yes, <laughs> Got enough time for this? Jesus. Stupid crap. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. He received your healing. His healing. Yes. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say it, I take it. I take it. This I makes you feel better, though, it's Mike. Mine. It's, it's mine. It's mine. I thank you and praise. I feel way better now. Yes. <laughs> and I forgive if I have aught against any. And I praise you that I'm well and whole. I praise. I'm well and whole. Yes. According to the word of God. The word of God. The word of God. I'm healed. Yes. I'm healed. And Mike. I consider not my own body. Yes, I consider yes. not my own body. I consider not symptoms in my body. I consider not symptoms, symptoms in my body. But only that which God has promised. Only that which God has said. Only that what the Word has said. Only that what the Word And by His stripes I was healed. And by His stripes I am healed now. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed and the devil's trying to give me the flu. Right. Or whatever else kind of thing he's trying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> healed and well. Yes. Sweet name, name of Jesus. Jesus. Sweet Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 And there he goes. That was Adam Copeland there. And you know, Mike, God. even though we laugh and giggle, I got to say, playing that makes me feel so much better. Yeah, it I really wasn't does. laughing. I know you I hate it. Kidding. I know you hate it, but I think it's fantastic, and it makes me feel so much better. And, you know, that's what religion is all about, feeling better, Mike. To each his own, buddy. Who gives a shit about facts when you feel better? <laughs> that's what I always say, right? Who gives a shit about facts? As long as you feel better, Mike, that's what it's all about, the feeling better game. You know, it's Everyone a, bases it, their whole lives around feeling better. I mean, fuck the facts. As long as you feel better, I mean, fuck it all. You know, you, you got to say to yourself, though, in some way, and I mean this by in all truthfulness, some people can really make themselves feel better psychologically That's and right. get through it. So there's it's no true. joke to what you just said. It's a psychological it really game. It's really true. 
It is. It's very true. If you can psych yourself up enough to feel better about something, no, no matter what it is, in some cases, you can actually do it. It's mind over matter. Absolutely. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel for those of you out there who have not. And of course, take us on the road, me and Mike here, by uh, subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, and Spotify. And of course, international listeners out there, we love you very much. Mike, go yes, ahead and plug. Love you. Mike, go ahead and plug anything you like. Okay. Uh, anybody who is interested in any of the work I do musically, uh, you can uh, check me out on Mike hideous.com that's m-y-k-e hideous.com um and also my art website which is horribleartwork.com and uh i'll have you know uh, i think by monday the first new designs of my t-shirts are coming out uh six new designs will be hitting um uh the websites on both websites and i have t-shirts um everything from throw blankets to Throw pillows to mugs to women's clothing, nice. uh, leggings, yeah, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, check it out if Underwear. you can. Underwear. Uh, a, a big thank you to Michael Deacon Tampons. for having me on as co-host, and uh, to Jim and all our callers and listeners. Thank you very much. We love you guys. You thank got you. some uh, some underwear and some tampons there, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> Condoms <laughs> and vibrators. I mean, you got to go all out like Joe Exotic. Yeah. A big picture of my face right on the condom. That's what Joe Exotic did. <laughs> I heard, yeah, when Remember he was running for, running for president. Oh, my God. Ugh. Have you have you watched that show yet? I, I saw all of it already. It's, oh, boy. Great times. But, Mike, <laughs> we will catch up again tomorrow. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Always an honor and pleasure to have you here, Mike. All right, brother. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. For sure. Mahalo. Ciao, buddy. And there he goes, boys and girls, the one and only Mike Hideous. And whatever it is that you do choose to believe, you must adapt now. All control has been lost, and we are staring down into the abyss without a rescue party in sight. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. Oh, 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 oh,